If you have a Bible, you might like to turn um, to uh, the book of Daniel. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. Just listen. Just listen for a moment for you. I'm going to take a few moments to share uh, some thoughts uh, this evening. And uh, I want to look at um, you know, how to deal with those situations that you think are going to devour you. Sometimes in life, we come across moments, there are circumstances, and you think, this is going to eat me alive. And so we're going to look at a story of a, about a man called Daniel and how he goes into a den of lions. It's about Daniel in the lion's den. And it would help if I pressed. Rescued from the lion's mouth is what we're going to look at for a moment or two. So I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 6. It's quite a, a lengthy reading. For many people, this will be a well-known story. For others, you may have never heard this before. So we're just going to read it together. And then I just want to share a few thoughts regarding this for a moment or two. So Daniel chapter 6. And verse 1, it said, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, these are like governors, to rule throughout the kingdom, with three chief ministers over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them, so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the chief ministers and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the chief ministers and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. I mean, Daniel had a man of incredible character, great character. So it says they um, could find no corruption in him. That's quite an amazing thing in the day and age in which we live when we look at our ministers and those in power. Couldn't find any dirt. There was no dirt. When you run for office, you know, the news looks for the dirt. There was no dirt to be found on Daniel. Because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these chief ministers and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal ministers, prefects, satraps, advisers and governors have all agreed the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into a lion's den. They were setting a trap, obviously. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. A bit of background to that. In, in those times, in that part of the world, if the king made a decree, put his signet on it, it was binding. Even the king couldn't go back if he changed his mind. It was the way the law had been set up, okay? And they knew this. So it cannot be altered. In accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened towards Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into a lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed, because he really liked Daniel. He found in Daniel a man who did 
He was absolutely impeccable in every way. Okay, so he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sunset to save him. Then the men went out as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king has issued can be changed. So the king gave the order that brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. Basically, this is a cave, okay? Sounds bit cosier, but it wasn't. It was a horrible cave. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without sleep, uh, without eating rather, and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, Has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I have been found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Because he had trusted in God. Just get that bit there. Because he had trusted in God. Verse 24. At the king's command of the men who had falsely accused Daniel, they were brought and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed them, um, uh, and crushed all their bones, just to show that they weren't tame lions. Not that lions could be tamed. But these were the real deal, and uh, they, they basically ripped these people to shreds. It would have been a terrible carnage. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in, in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of the kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lion. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius uh, and the reign of Cyrus, the king of the kings of the Persians. He's a living God and he rescues and he saves the living God. There are times in life uh, when we think the situation is is so much that it's going to eat us up, eat us alive. You may have um, have a a situation in your own life right now and you think, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to get out of this. Uh, Sometimes some of us are eaten up. We're devoured by um, anger or we're devoured by um, pain and unforgiveness because of what people have done to us, someone has done to us. And we're so eaten up, we're getting eaten up inside. Some of us, you may go into the lion's den, as it were, pictorially, at work uh, with, with, with um, colleagues who, who, are, who maybe are against you or, or the situation is, is up against you and you feel that you're going to be eaten alive. Uh, you know, there are, there, are, there are those moments in our lives where we feel that we're going to be, be eaten up by this circumstance. So there are, I just want to just look um, at three things in a moment or two. In this man, Daniel, three things that, that, that we can do 
that whereby we may know um, rescue in the lion's mouth, whether it's at your work, in your home life, uh, whether it's it, you've had news from a doctor or something that, you know, not, not much can be done. I, I don't know what it might be, but there may be something right now that is eating away at you or the circumstance. If I may, I'm gonna, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. i tell you a story. It goes, it goes back quite a few years. This goes back, oh, about 17 or 18, 18, 18 years ago. And I found myself in a situation where I, I went into a bit of a lion's den. I was, um, I'll keep it sort of vague in some ways, because when you put things out on the internet, you have to be careful uh, who's, who's going to be listening. But uh, it's a true story, and it happened to me. So I was, at this time, um, pastoring in a, a different part of the country, and uh, I was, for the first time, leading in, in my own church. Up to that point, I'd been an assistant minister for quite a number of years. And so I, I went to a, a smaller church and began to, to lead in that church. Within the first few weeks of me, me going there to, uh, to this church, uh, a certain person in that church took a bit of a dislike to me. And uh, there, there was, um, just, to, just to say, um, they started to say things. They started to say things. This is within the first two weeks, first month. And uh, I tried to meet with them. And they started to say things about me and what I was saying that just weren't true. Um, I won't go into any more detail than that. And um, they started to meet with other people. This was a church of about 70 people at the time. <clears throat> Many years later, it, 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 it grew. It grew to double that size as, as years later. But at that time, and, uh, but, and, and within that church, there was a community of people, uh, a certain ethnic community of people, and this person came from that ethnic community of people. Let's put it that way. And... Um, it, it, it got to the point where uh, this person was saying things that I was saying and doing. I'd only been there a month. So I didn't have much time to, to say and do very much, to be honest. So, uh, uh, but um, within that certain grouping of people within the church, they could have believed. And so what had happened was um, I was asked if I, if I, if I could pop, pop by to uh, um, a meeting of people. There was about 15 people going to be there um, from this sort of group of people within the life of the church and they would have spoken for about 40 people so you could you could see where this could have could have gone and I was thinking uh my word um this is this is only my first month and uh I'm gonna call I'll be causing a split in this church it was it was it was I had many sleepless nights and I I just began to just pray Uh, my only prayer was look Lord I haven't said or done anything and I I can put my hand on my heart on, on regarding that. Uh, definitely what, not what this person is claiming that, that I've said or done. And uh, they took offense at some other stuff. And um, so I went, I said, I went to this, this meeting with this group of people. Uh, I didn't go like, I'm the pastor, you should be listening to me. I thought, I'm not going to defend myself. I, I, I was impressed with what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He threw himself on, on his father, into his father's arms and he, he didn't defend himself. So I thought, do you know what? If they want to boot me out, they can do it because I know that I haven't. And, and this, is, this is how this went anyway. And I was praying, just God, I'm going to give my life. But I, I, I'm, you know, I'll speak if I need to speak about whatever. Anyway, went to this meeting and the people were very gracious to me because I didn't go in all guns blazing. And I sat and we, we had a, a drink together. And um, what unfolded was it could have been a bit like a, a going to, into a court. I could have stood up and said, I said and you said. I didn't do any of it. I just said, didn't say any of these things. 
you, you just talk to the person's name of there and listen to, and they said, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. You can imagine sitting. And it, I felt really worried about what, the way things were going to go. And uh, to cut a long story short, the person that was saying these things absolutely tripped themselves up because most of it wasn't true. And the people listening sort of looked at me and looked at it. It was a bit like tennis. Ding. <laughs> I was just, it's just not true. Cut a long story short, the whole group of people, because this person had been in the church uh, a lot longer than I had only been there a month, and he came from the same ethnic group of the people that were there. So you can imagine, they had a lot of history, and they could have believed everything that he said. They chose not to believe any of it, and they didn't. And uh, I went on to pastor that church for uh, another, another 10 years after that, and the church grew. And um, God taught me a lesson that you can go into a situation and think, I'm sunk. But if we trust him, if we trust him, if we truly trust God, he will deliver us from the lion's mouth. And boy, I tell you what, it was amazing. In the years to come, my credibility with the particular ethnic group of people uh, in the life of the church um, took a very high standing because of that day. And I didn't, little did I realize that that would be the foundations for the way in which I would lead the church, that, that church, for the years to come. It was quite incredible. I could have gone in and done it my way, and it would have caused havoc and a mess, uh, the wretched person that I am. So what I want to say is that it is possible to uh, be snatched from the lion's mouth, whether you're at work or in your emotions right now, you're feeling something's going to devour you, or whatever it might be. So let's look at a few things. Uh, Number one, I want to say this. Daniel was consistent. One of the first things that we find, there's three things I want to look at. We find that that this man, Daniel, was a man who was consistent. He had the courage of his convictions. We haven't got time to look at it, but the whole book of Daniel, in this account here, um, he was consistent. Daniel was very much a a prayerful man. We'll look at that in a moment. But he he continued in that, even though he was being stitched up. And he, he made it public as well. He didn't just hide. He didn't hide. He wasn't something behind closed doors. What you saw behind closed doors, what you saw in public, he was absolutely like a stick of Blackpool rock. It was Blackpool through and through. It was Jesus through and through. It was God the Father through and through, throughout his whole life. And uh, he had the courage of his convictions. He, He didn't go with the flow. He went against the tide. How dangerous it is for us today to be carried along by the flow of the world in which we now live. Uh, But God calls us to to be convicted. To be a Christian is to be convicted, is to be truly convinced that this is, you are right, Jesus. That this is the right, this is the life. This is the way. Uh, The the Lord says, this is the way, walk in it. And um, uh, Bible Bible scholars say that that Daniel, in in the very first few days of his captivity, he was was a Jew that was taken off to um, Babylon. This, this, you know, and, and, and then into the area of the, the Persians. So the area of Iraq and Iran today is that part of the world he was taken into captivity from. And um, it, he was taken there as a very young man, we read in the very early pages of Daniel. He would have only been a teenager. At the time of this, in chapter 6, he's an older man. He's had quite a lifetime. He's, he's not a young boy anymore at, at, the, at this point. He's, he's an older man. So, so, um, and, and we read of Daniel that in, in the early days of teenager, he wouldn't eat the king's food prepared by the king because of the pagan implications 
And so he, he said, just, you know, give me, me vegetables and, and water. <laughs> and uh, he, he thrived on it in his prayerful life. So, so there's something, Daniel was a man of conviction, and he, he, he was still a man of conviction all these years later, when the king, when the king is saying that you, you not worship anyone else or anything else and in these 30-day period. They knew that they would catch him out. They knew that they couldn't catch him out, and they knew that he was a, a worshipper of God, the, the satraps. And so he, he, he was consistent. That's what I, I want to say. And, you know, we are called to be people of conviction the, and have the courage of our convictions. And um, e- even though there are times in our lives when we will feel that, are you there, God? This is what propels Daniel when he's going to be thrown into the lion's den. He's still trusting God. He, he's, he's propelled because of his, he's got a conviction. It's not that he's just monotonously got a habit and he just does this every day. It's not, it's a deep, you, you, you habit will go to seed. If as a Christian, I have this habit and there's not, a, there's not a sense of deep, passionate conviction, I can have a habit and I can pray and I can go to church and read the Bible. But if it doesn't have passionate conviction, it's the passionate conviction that puts roots that give sustenance. And, and Daniel had conviction. And conviction does something, it, it, it gives a courage. And so, so as, a, as, a, as a person, a believer, God wants us to, to believe what we believe and to have passionate believe what we believe. It doesn't mean so you have to be jumping around and showing emotion all the time, although we do show emotion, but have a deep conviction. Because I can have habit, and I could do this stuff, and I can pray, and I can... But having conviction means that even when, I'm, uh, when people's eyes are off me and on me, I can be consistent. This is really powerful for life and for hope and uh, for life, not just our lifestyle, but when you go into shaky situations. Because everything that, is, that doesn't have conviction will be shaken off our lives and will be lost. Um, but the conviction is like a deep root. That, that, you know, you can shake the apples off the tree, but the tree is standing, still standing. And, and conviction, it's so when we are shaken, we, we, there's something that, that holds us. It's a passionate trust and hope and belief in, 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 this, in this living God. And um, we're called to have a, a, a life that is that is kingdom-minded, that is God-centered, Christ-centered. And, 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 this, and, and Daniel, you know, was consistent, persistent, convicted, even in the days before Jesus. You know, for you and I, we, we're, there's a sense of deep roots and a conviction, a passionate conviction and trust in God. And so we see with Daniel is, is this, everything can be shaken and you know what, you, you know, in my life and your life, some of the stuff is shaken off my life and it hurts. Just because the apples have fallen off, doesn't mean say the, the, the wheels totally come off the bus. You know, we, we, we'll be shaken and, and things will fall off our lives and, and we might come a bit undone and we will be upset. That, but, but there's a deeper conviction that holds us, that, that we're holding on to him. And, and it's this that, that Daniel had a key and understood. So the first thing is that Daniel was uh, consistent and we're called to, to, to a, a, a conviction, to be convicted. And so um, Jesus doesn't come here to be your friend. 
He comes to be a saviour. And he is my friend. He calls us friends. Now, that's probably offended some people tonight. But Jesus comes to be our saviour. To be convicted. Because there's an issue. There's a, there's a problem in this world and life. It's called sin. And sin means that we, are, we live for ourselves without God. And so we need salvation. We need saving from ourselves. And so God sends his son to deal with the gap in our lives. And that's what I'm convicted of. I'm convicted of myself. And I get convicted that, that, hey, my life without God, a life without God is a dangerous life. Because the wheels come off the bus. But a life with God, a conviction that I need God, that I, that I need saving from myself. That's what sin is. And the amazing thing is that God gives his son as a saviour who deals with our self, our sin, living without God. And then the amazing thing happens. As we give and trust our lives to him, he calls us friends. So he does become my friend. Absolutely right. But too often you'll hear, Jesus has come to be our friend. He comes, yes, that's, that's, that, is, that is the icing on the cake, as it were. But he comes to deal with. And so conviction you see, there's, there's a, con- a, we, a conviction of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I need God. I, I, I need a saviour because I know what I'm like. The wretched person that I have been, uh, but now I'm being changed because I'm saved, being saved from myself by the loving hands of an amazing saviour. And he calls me his friend. How amazing is that? So conviction. And uh, second thing that we see is that Daniel was prayerful. Daniel was prayerful. Um, it, it says that he, pr- it prayed, he prayed three times a day. I, I, I wouldn't get hung up on, on having to pray once, twice, three times, ten times. But it shows that he was prayerful. He faced Jerusalem. He opened the window to face Jerusalem because that's where his heart was. He'd been taken away from Jerusalem and placed in a country far, far from what he called his home. And so his heart was to his spiritual place of birth. And so he would face that way. And it was a way of identifying his heart with the living God. His his convictions were based there. And uh, he was prayerful. Um, A man called Andrew Murray, a great uh, pastor and preacher and writer on on pastorally and on prayer, said this. um, He wanted the secret place. This is what Andrew Murray said about prayer. I want the secret place of prayer to be the sweetest place. I want the secret place to be the sweetest place. You know, with Daniel, it wasn't just that it it was like a habit three times. It was a sweet place, the best place, a good place. There was a period in my life when I um, had a a renewal of um, reading the word of God um, each day as I was praying, and it became the best part of the day. Uh, A few years back, I had a a, a fresh experience of um, discovering God in the reading of the word and through praying and opening my heart to the Holy Spirit. And boy, it became, you know, it's 20 minutes in the day, at a point, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes at night. It became the sweetest place, the place that I just couldn't wait. And this is what Andrew Murray, I, I, I'm not saying that is the experience 24-7 in my walk, but there are, is, that is that experience, there is that sweet place. And Andrew Murray said that, that let let prayer be the place, the secret place, be the sweetest place. You see, for Daniel, it, it's a sweet place. It's a good place because he's talking to God, his father. He's been able to talk to the living God and hear the living God speak into our lives. And such a great place. Um, 
Many times, uh, the whisper of my prayers, uh, I I find, uh, receives the the roar of God's care. There have been many a time that the whisper of my, 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 my whisper of my prayers, of my pain, and that desperate place, I've, I've found a, a point, the roar of God's care. Uh, you know, for you and I, there'll be the whisper of our own prayers. We, we'll feel the pain of our own hearts. We'll not be able to cope. In that time, in that place, that I, the story that I told you about, I spent many a night uh, tearfully saying, what have I done? What have I brought my family to? What is going to happen? And I would, but I felt the roar of God's care when the person who was accusing me it came to absolutely nothing. And, and all of those people, and actually, in fact, preferred um, and, and, and uh, uh, said to this guy, don't, don't believe anything that you've said. So, let the secret place be the sweetest place. The place of prayer results in a, a confidence that um, God is watching when no one else is watching. It's in the place of prayer that we gain a confidence. I just want to just say this. I can just say that very easily. It's not an easy thing to say. The place of prayer will very often be a place that results in a confidence that God is watching when no one else is watching. You know, when circumstances such that everything's going wrong, it appears to be. And yet, as you're praying, there comes a confidence. It's in the place of prayer because God, you're, you're confident that God is watching. God is on the case. And yet the circumstance is saying to you, this is out of control. This is like a den of lions. You know, Daniel was thrown into a den of lions. He didn't, God didn't stop it at the door, didn't thwart it. He was actually thrown into a den of lions. But he went in confident. He went in confident that God is watching. And even if God is watching, and it's often in the, the place where we're speaking our heart and hearing the heart of God, speaking our heart, And hearing the heart of God, the living God who loves you and cares for you and me and says, I'm watching. And yet circumstance could be even saying that God isn't watching you when you're going through it. When when life goes pear-shaped, it's all about to go out the window, as it were. But there's a confidence that comes. Um, You know, in in the den, it, it would have been like a pit. With, with a, with a, uh, like a cave pit, really, and they would have been thrown in and then a stone put over so they couldn't climb out. Um, you know, it, it was a dark place. It wasn't all lit up. So being thrown into the pit in the dark, uh, Helen and I went on um, uh, a, few, a, few, a month or so ago, we went on a Bear Grylls Challenge. Bear Grylls Challenge, in, I think, near the National Exhibition Centre in uh, Birmingham. It was the base camp. It was just a simple little thing. To be honest, it was a little bit of fun, really. Had a bit of an assault course and, uh, and, and uh, a, a maze that you were led through with about 20 other people. But the catch was you were blindfolded. But before you went in, they showed you all these spiders and things as you entered the maze and snakes and things and then talked about, about what it was going to be. So they were building up the tension. Obviously, now I look back, it's only 20 minutes and it was it wasn't, it wasn't dangerous at all. But they were building up the tension, building up the tension. And then the guy said, and now you're going to have these over your head as well. You're going to have to hold on to the person behind you. And there's a rope, and the one in the front had to walk. And um, the tension, and then not being able to see anything, I tell you what, I was so scared. I was so scared. So I swapped places with Helen, because we were the two at the front. I said, you go in the front. <laughs> When it, I don't know about it, the, the, 
they built now it it really wasn't that it wasn't that type of place it was a bit of fun really but uh but it was the dark and the fear it it magnified it now in a lion lions you know powerful creatures as the story goes it ripped to shreds all those other people uh, these lions and to, to be thrown into the dark uh, and and then hear these growling lions i don't know about you but i'd be traumatized come on we would i would you would wouldn't you i know i would be i'd be yeah i would be i, I would be saying helen you go first you go first <laughs> um but the terrifying growl uh, of the dark was hidden in the experience of the light of God's love. For, for, for Daniel, the terrifying dark was extinguished by the light of God. And that's going to be the irresistible key, I think, to finding peace and hope in the most challenging of times. I've spoken to many people over the years who have been in the most frightening, awful situations where they've lost everything and yet they've said... I have a strange peace. I just know that God's in control. Or I know that God's there. Or I know that God's here right now. And yet I look around and I think, I can't see anything. But they know that they know. It's that conviction of the terrifying growl in the dark was extinguished by the experience of the light of God's love. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to this. Philippians 4, verse 7. um, Paul writes, he says, Let the peace of God which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He says, what, if you're worried or anxious, pray with all kinds of prayer. And then the peace of God will guard your heart, transcends all understanding. It's amazing that. Prayer for. It's when we're speaking to God and hearing God that um, we have an experience that he's here. He's in, and you... I can't explain it until you experience it yourself. You'll know. when you. And so people will be nodding or smiling at me right now and saying, I, I know exactly what you mean. I've experienced that. I can tell you about it. You can read about it. You can even hear what Paul says. But then when you pray and then you know, it's like nothing else. It's the hand of the living God. It's the friendship of a loving saviour. And so it's, it's that. So, and so, for you and I, it's in those moments, is to just call out and let Him call back. Call out. That's what prayer is, and let God call back. Call out and let God call back. You know, you don't have to be a special person. You don't have to say a special prayer. You don't have to be very learned. It'd be as simple as God help me. One of my first prayers of me becoming a Christian was. God help me. It was that. It was amazing. Final thing that we, we see, uh, I want to say about Daniel, and the uh, three things that will help us uh, be rescued from the lion's mouth, those circumstances that seek to devour you, you and I, that pain, uh, that upset, that anger, that, that unforgiveness, uh, that situation at work, that whatever it might be. The final, the final thing I want to share and we'll be coming to a sing in a conclusion in a moment, is that he was trusting. He trusted. He trusted God. Daniel was a man who trusted, uh, trusted God with, um, you know, his whole heart. Um, 
a lady called Corrie Ten Boom, um, a Dutch lady, young, she was a little girl in the Second World War, and her family uh, were shoemaker, uh, shoemakers, and they hid uh, Jewish people from the Germans, and uh, hundreds of Jews, they rescued and hid in their house, and eventually someone told the Germans, and then they were taken off to a prisoner camp, and uh, she came through that, and uh, amazing lady, she wrote uh, a book called The Hiding Place, it was made into a film um, some years ago now, but Corrie Ten Boom was an amazing lady, she said this about trust, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. When we know God, to trust our hearts and lives to him, to trust him, to say, this is my life, God. That's what we mean by that. This is my life, take it. This is my life, I want to give you it. This is my circumstance, please. Uh, that situation that I found myself in, in that church, it was, I've just arrived, I'm going to give you my life, no matter what happens, I'm not going to try and defend myself, I'm going to trust you. Boy, it was the most amazing experience, one of the most amazing experiences of my life at that time. Prayerful trust experiences the transcending love of God. When Paul Paul says, the peace of God will guard your hearts. Beyond all understanding, that comes through prayerful trust. As we prayerfully trust that we have this uh, experience of knowing God without being able to rationalize it, without being able to reason it. Why, how's this? What, why is this? Can't, how can it be? God miraculously touches our hearts and lives. Trust doesn't mean that you have to see the entire staircase, just the first step. You know, uh, Martin Luther said that. He said, trust doesn't mean you don't have to see the entire staircase, just the first step. Sometimes in life, I think, well, how's this going to work out? I can't. And we talk ourselves out of the situation. This isn't going to happen. I'll never get through. That'll never work out. They'll never love me. I'll never get here. I could never get that job. God's never going to take my life. And we we try and look at the whole staircase and we talk ourselves out and and talk God out of everything. But God just calls us to the first step. My life. My life. If we, We will drive ourselves crazy. We will wear ourselves out with... Extreme anxiety is to be pulled, means to be pulled apart. Extreme anxiety. If we try and reason it out, it's not wrong to think it through, but in all of that thinking it through, first step. The first step, not the whole staircase. And, and this is Daniel. Daniel could have thought well, anxiety would have pulled him apart before the lions even pulled him apart. He trusted God. And so those three things, God calls us to be conviction, deep passion, Believe what we truly believe and, and get a root in God. Uh, to, to be uh, prayerful, to be uh, calling out to him so that he can call us and to trust him. You know, the first step, my life, this circumstance, my marriage, this, our home, you know, uh, our children, uh, my future. Going to give it to you. Going to give it to you right now. And that's what seems to... to and so of Daniel... It's, it says there that, you know, uh, it says there that um, the Lord saved Daniel. God rescued him because he was found innocent. They say, he said the, 
My God sent his angel, verse 22, and he shut the mouths of lions. They have not hurt me because I was, not, I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before his majesty. Um, a bit later on, it says, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him. No wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. No wound to be found on me and you because we have trusted in our God. Let's pray. What have you got to trust God for tonight? You know, the process of the worship team will come back. We're, we're going to conclude as we just give our hearts to him. And What have you got to trust God with tonight? Maybe it's your life. Andrew led us, uh, Pastor Andrew led us earlier with trusting God with our lives. This, this loving saviour with your whole life. And tonight, will you trust God with your life, with your time, with your energy, with who you are, with your family? Will you trust him? The first step, don't look at the whole staircase for a moment. This first step, with your children, with a decision, with our hopes, with our fears. Heavenly Father, tonight, whatever walk we have found ourselves in, we um, pray deliverance from the lion's mouth. Any situation or circumstance that's eating me up, eating my mind, I can't get it out of my head, or eating my heart, can't get it out of my heart, or, 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 or just pray freedom from the lion's mouth. What's this? Anger, bitterness, hurt, pain. Just pray freedom from that lion's mouth. If there's a circumstance at work, Maybe in church life, maybe in family, marriage, maybe with our children, maybe decisions on future, maybe my past. I just pray freedom from the lion's mouth, the jaws. And tonight, Father God, I'm, I want to trust you with my life. Jesus, I want to trust you with my life. I'm just going to just give you an opportunity right now. In, you know, in this, just in, in the next few seconds of silence to just tell God what you're trusting him with. Speak it out in your mind and in your heart right now. And say, God, I am trusting you with... Do it now. Thank you, Jesus, that you say you'll never turn anyone away. If we call out to you, draw near, you will draw near to us. You're a God who says, seek, you'll find, ask, you shall receive. Knock, look for me, and the door will always be open. Wow. I just pray for each individual tonight where we have prayed, I trust you with. Whatever the with is, would you receive that prayer, Father God? And would you speak into each person's life by the power of your spirit? Answer their prayer and set them free. Set us free, Jesus, for he whom the Son sets free, your word says we are free indeed. 
I pray that for every person that trusts you, we will not be overpowered by the lion's mouth. We'll become unscathed by the turmoil that is upon us right now. In the name of Jesus, we humbly pray, giving you our lives. Amen. 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 We're going to sing together. Um, Don't rush away. As Andrew said earlier, we're going to be serving refreshments and we'd love to pray. I'd love, Andrew, myself, other people here, would, would love to just be able to talk with anybody that would like to talk or pray about anything that we've shared earlier on through our time of worship when Andrew gave a challenge and, and, and right now anything that I've shared this evening. But don't go from here uh, without having your questions answered or someone stand with you in prayer. Let's continue as we, we close this evening in giving him our hearts. We're going to take up our evening tithes and offerings as well. If you're here for the first time, just you know, let this go by. But uh, we, we want to bring our offerings as well in Jesus' name.